everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Recorded live. Welcome to DYRP. I thank all of you that have tuned in, that have joined us this evening. I appreciate you. It's been quite some time. We'll be meeting promptly at 4.45 p.m. Pacific, 6.45 Central, 7.45 until further notice. I'll be only doing it first week of Friday and the third week of Friday of the month. So, again, first and third Fridays just for you to know at this time. We'll be reading from Numbers 22, and we're going to talk about briefly the story of Balaam. And this is a time during, um, this is like a second approach, just to give you a little background in this program, um, second approach to the promised land. And basically, the old generation of the old Israelites had died. The new generation stands at the border. They're ready to enter the promised land. And so once they do, Israel begins to worship other gods. And a lot of times we start to do that. When we see what our neighbors are doing, those around us, we tend to worship other gods, even though we know the one true God. Now, without Moses, quick action, the first time, uh, the nation would have never entertained it. So, therefore, when we're looking at Numbers 22, in, in our own lives, we must never let our guards down when we're resisting sin. You know, the Bible tells us that we are to submit to the Lord. And then, you know, when we're dealing with temptation, we're supposed to run or flee. From it, but the part that we tend to forget is to submit to him um, in order to get the devil to flee and run from us. So, as we look at this story, I'm going to go through it very quickly and we'll cover it maybe some more on the third Friday of this month and um, more in depth. So, what's going on is that as the children of Israel have moved and camped in the plains of Moab, now, this is on the side of Jordan across from Jericho. Now, we have Balak in verse 2, who was the son of Zippor, had saw that all Israel had done to the Amorites. So as he's watching, and many of us, like, watch what other people are doing. We're kind of, like, lurking and trying to see exactly what's going on. Well, he started this particular Moab people or community started to get extremely terrified or afraid because they were many. And we know that strength comes in numbers. So as he's seeing that the Israelites are constantly in great population, he starts to really get scared, terrified. So he goes to the elders of the Minoran 
and asked them, you know, what should we do about this type of problem? So as he realizes, he said, wait a minute, there's a prophet in the land, and many of us know that prophets are the guide. They're the ones who are supposed to hear from the Lord and then guide us and help us through a situation. And also they were noted at that time to speak to God's people. So they were more or less the voice of God. And so he decided, this king, Balak, to send messengers to Balaam, who was this prophet at the time, and called to him and telling him, Okay, look, and, and we can look at verse in 22, verse 5, and I'm going to kind of go through uh, where it says, Look, a people has come from Egypt. See, they covered the face of earth and are settling next to me. Therefore, please come at once, curse these people for me, for they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat and drive them out of the land, for I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. So, therefore, this king is able to identify this prophet in the land of the Israelites or God's chosen ones, and he's telling him, look, these people are getting too close to me, too close for comfort, and I know that you are able to speak things in existence and bless those if you speak it, or curse those if you speak it. So he was able to identify that in some cases you can look at Prophet Balaam as a diviner, a sorcerer, one that's called to a place where he can put curses on others. And there was a belief that these curses and blessings were common during the Old Testament. And so here we got the king of Moab, that wanted this prophet Balaam to use his powers with God of Israel to place a curse on them, hoping that by magic that God would turn against his people. Now, let's think about that for a minute. You got this king that's able to identify a gift in this man, and he knows that he speaks things in existence. And he's not afraid to call or send messengers to get this guy to work for him to do this to his own people. So what I want you to understand in this hour is that God has chosen a few of us to do his bid or his will, and we're able to clearly hear from the Father, but at what cost? Are you willing to sell yourself? for profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, for money, for wealth, for fame. Because as we're going to see in Numbers 22, is this prophet who hears from God and going to his own people that were chosen for purpose and for promise to go ahead and do an agreement with this king, okay? So we're going to go a little bit further and find out exactly what's going to happen. I already gave you, like, the preview. Um, and it's something to really think about in this hour because we're seeing a lot of ministers, prophets today that are doing that. 
that they are selling themselves out for 300,000 memberships or millions of people watching them online and, you know, send your money in today. And are they really doing the true salvation and delivering people? Um, We are called to baptize them. We're called to deliver people. We're called to really bring people to Christ. But instead, people are worrying about um, their pocketbooks and their fame and I'm prophet so-and-so. So here we're going to see that in verse 9, after he brings them to his place and wants to speak these words to him, he says to him um, in verse 9 of twenty Numbers 22, then God came to Balaam and said, who are these men with you? And 10 says, so Balaam said to God, he told who he was. He said, I'm Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent me saying, look, a people has come out of Egypt. They covered their face of the earth. Come now, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to overpower them and drive them out. So therefore, he gave him the proposition that I need you to curse these people so that I can show who king really is to them and is not their Lord, their God that they serve, and that he wants to get rid of them. He wants them out. And that kind of reminds me today, and, you know, sometimes I speak very adamantly, boldly, and confidently about things, but the person that we're getting in presidency, we're seeing that he don't want certain people that are of many and wants to build a border, Okay to try to drive them out. So it seems like we're seeing what has happened in the Old Testament, also in the New Testament, if you put those two together. Um, So then later in verse 12, God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. Now, God has spoken. God has spoken. I want you to think for a moment. Okay. The king spoke to Balaam and told him what he wanted him to do to curse the people so he can overpower them and get them out. And then God spoke to the prophet and told him, you do not go to these people, your people, and you do not curse them because they are blessed. So Balaam rose in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, so he went back to the kingdom, let them know, look, Go back to your land. The Lord didn't give me permission to go with you. So he let them know what had happened. So let's think about this. Why would God even speak through someone that is noted to some as a sorcerer? But God wanted to give a message to the Moabites, and they already chosen to employ this prophet, Balaam. So Balaam was available for God use, but he was using it to work with the wicked Pharaoh, the king, to accomplish his will in Egypt. So even though Balaam knew his prophetic role, his heart was mixed. And you know, some of us do waver like, well, I want money, even though I know I'm supposed to be doing the will of God, or God told me this, but this looks better, or this sounds better, or I'm so comfortable where I'm at. I really don't want to do that. 
So basically, this prophet had some knowledge of God. He saw money on the table. He saw an opportunity. He saw a great position to work with the king. So now we got to figure out, is he going to take the money? Is he going to forsake his magic or the sorcery that he has and turn wholeheartedly to God? Or is he going to be tempted by this money and idol tree? So as you look further in the scriptures, um, let's see here where I want to go next. Okay, so we'll go to verse 16. After he's already told him, I refuse to go with you. And 16, it says, And they came to Balaam and said to him, Please let nothing hinder you from coming with me or to me, for I will certainly honor you greatly. I will do whatever you say. Therefore, please come and curse these people for me. So now they're giving him a proposition that he cannot refuse. They are willing to up the wagers. Now I'm not just asking you to come with me as a representative or to give you some type of reputation or fame because you're riding with the king. Now I'm going to offer you whatever your heart desires. I'll pray. He's saying he will pay it greatly. So then Balaam had answered and said to these servants that were giving him the message, He said, even if you give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord to do less or more. Therefore, please, you also stay here tonight that you may know what more the Lord will say to me. So now, in the beginning, he's admitting, okay, I still have to hear a word from God first before I do anything. I don't want to go beyond anything that the Lord tells me, no matter what you're offering on the table. Now, that sounded good. (laughs) And then later, God did come to him that night in verse 20. If the man come to call you, rise and go with them. But only the word which I speak to you that you shall do. So now God is giving him the word. He is telling him, go ahead, rise, go with these men. But, again, only speak what I speak to you. And that's something to take a pause. Do we only speak what the Lord has given us? So when you think about this, after God let Balaam go to Balak's messengers, um, he was angry. God definitely was angry with Balaam his greedy attitude. Balaam did claim to them, though, that he didn't want to go against God just for money, but his resolve was beginning to slip. His greed for wealth offered by the king blinded him, so he couldn't see how God was trying to stop him, as we're going to see. Though we may know what God wants us to do, we become blinded by desire for money, possessions, or prestige. We can avoid Balaam's mistake by looking past the allure of fame or fortune and instead get the long, everlasting benefits by following God. So what I'm going to ask you tonight, 
Are you looking at what I can have now that's temporary here on earth? Or are you looking for the long, everlasting effects of serving and worshiping and following and obeying God for eternal, eternal life or eternity? Think about that. So we move to verse 22. Out of God's anger, because Balaam went, the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as an adversary against him. And he was riding on the donkey, and the two servants was with him. Now the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his drawn sword in his hand. The donkey turned aside and out of the way and went to the field. So Balaam struck the donkey on her bottom while he was on the road. So the angel stood in the narrow path, again making a wall so they could not pass. The donkey saw the angel again and pushed against the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. So you know Balaam's upset. What is wrong with this donkey here? Why are you, you didn't go this way, now we're moving to the vineyard, another path to still try to get on the trail. We got off the road, now we're in the field, and again, this donkey is hitting a wall and refusing to go forward. So the donkey's master, who is this prophet Balaam, hits the donkey again as punishment. Then the angel of the Lord went further, stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn around, where they couldn't go left or right. The donkey saw the angel of the Lord again and laid down under Balaam. Now Balaam was angry, and he struck the donkey a third time with his staff. In verse 28, the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. So now the donkey is able to speak to its master, this prophet. And she said, what have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, because you have abused me, basically saying you're not obeying me. You're, re- you're refusing to do what I've asked you to do or, or expect you to do. And I wish there was a sword in my hand, and he's threatening this donkey that I would have killed you. Or disobedience. So the donkey said to Balaam, am I not your donkey on which you've written ever since I became yours to this day? Was I ever disposed to do this to you? And he said, no. Then the Lord opened Balaam's eyes and he saw the angel standing in the way with his sword in his hand and bowed his head and fell flat on his face. And the Lord, the angel of the Lord said, why have you struck your donkey these three times? I have came out to stand against you because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw and turned aside these three times. And if she didn't turn aside for me, I surely would have killed you by now and let her live. So again, God is stopping this prophet from going to the land with the angel, with a sword, but he had a, what do we call it, like a wool over his eyes or 
something over his eyes where he couldn't see the angelic being. However, the dumpy had that sixth sense and clearly could see it and was obedient that I know I'm not going there because I could be killed. And he's letting this prophet clearly know once the veil came off his eye, he's able to see the angelic figure with a sword. And he said, if you would have walked past here, I would have slewed you. I would have killed you. You would have been dead and said, but I would have spared the donkey. So now Balaam realized when he's speaking to the angel of the Lord that he sinned. And he said, man, I didn't know you stood this way against me. And I know it displeases you, so he'll turn back. And that's where we at. Sometimes in our life we realize that we're being disobedient. And we're refusing the calling, the purpose, or the will of the Lord. And thank God that in the New Testament, Jesus gives us grace and sometimes even mercy that we don't get what we truly deserve. We don't get the punishment. We're not dead right away because of our disobedience. But we have to acknowledge that we've sinned. We have to repent for those sins and realize we got to turn around and go back to what God originally asked us to do. You also got to think about how the donkey was actually saving his master's life because he knew what was ahead. And Balaam being so foolish, he just ready to go out on this mission and make some money and not doing what God has already told him to do. And so here he is beating the mess out of his donkey, thinking his donkey's refusing to move. But we sometimes strike out at blameless, helpless people to get out of our way because we're embarrassed or our pride is hurt. We're lashing out on others as a sign that something's wrong with us. Don't allow your hurt or your pride to lead you to hurt others. And sadly, as we know with this story, that the king or the pharaoh had hired this prophet to curse his own people. But he got a blessing instead because God spared his life because of that donkey would not go that way. He tried three different paths in that direction. No longer on the road. He went in the vineyards of the field, and he was somewhere else where he couldn't go left or right. Because the angel kept saying, "Uh uh-uh, you're not going that way. God is not directing you that way. He clearly told you not to go there and curse the people. But then God let him wake up and say, okay, go ahead, rise from your sleep. Go there and watch what happens. But thankfully, somebody, which was his donkey, was looking out for him. So God will use any and everything sometimes to wake us up, to truly, only listen and obey his word. Not what we want to do, not what the desires of the flesh want to do, or what looks good, what sounds good, what feels good, but actually what God knows is good for us. So if I leave anything with you, 
God's purpose is going to work out for his people, for his nation. But those that do not serve him, he will demonstrate his hidden power, period. And those of us that love and serve the Lord, we have to be confident that he will guide our path. So let us keep our eyes, even our spiritual eyes, open for his leading, for his direction, for his guidance, for his wisdom in this 2017 or in this day, period. And so what I want you to also take for this is that here we got a man that could speak or he was noted for speaking effective curses and blessings. But we also saw that he was willing to obey and bless Israel in spite of Balak's or this king's bride. But his weakness was he was willing to encourage the Israelites to worship idols and to curse God, or he was supposed to put a curse on them. He was willing to return back to this city, Moab, and so we got to pay attention what our motives are because whatever we're thinking, eventually we put that into action. And, again, your treasure is where your heart is. That's why sometimes when Jesus was speaking with the Pharisees and they were constantly criticizing the people that they shouldn't be doing this, they shouldn't be doing that, and following these rules and regulations. And at one point they were telling Jesus, that we have to wash our hands. We have to be clean before we eat this food in our mouth. And Jesus clearly told them, it's not what you put in your mouth, it's what you already have inside of you, which is your motives. And he knew their motives were evil, were vile, were just disgusting, because they were more focused on following these rules and regulations instead of listening to the man of God. They had the son of God right in front of them. Speaking those things that they were always taught from the Mosaic law, but he's also telling them new things and what they were doing was more for show, but you couldn't tell that they had God in them. To him, They were like ravishing wolves. And today we're dealing with a lot of ravishing wolves dressed up in sheep clothing. That's just another term of false prophets. So we'll get back to this lesson on next time. Uh, Again, mark your calendars for the third Friday of this month, which I believe is the 20th. Let's see, today is the 6th. Yeah, it's the 20th of January, next Friday, about the same time. And we'll discuss this a little bit more in depth or cover some things in Numbers 22 a little bit more. But what I want you to take from this is if God did not send you, Don't go. If God did not call you and you're just doing it to make a profit and say, I'm pastor, so-and-so, prophet, so-and-so, 
and I can bless these people or curse these people, you'll find out that there's a hidden power in God that can actually come forth and you can lose your life over it. And we all know that scripture about it's not worth gaining the world and losing your life. It's not worth it. So I thank all of you for tuning in and listening in to this show. Again, we read from Numbers 22 in the Old Testament. And next time we're going to talk about the first, second, and third prophecies that this prophet Balaam got later and go a little bit more in depth again with this whole chapter. So you may want to study, you may want to get a sound doctrine for yourself, but I hope this really spoke to you like it spoke to me is that we've got to hear from the word of God. And if God gives us, that particular mission or that calling, we need to be obedient because it literally can cost your life. And when you leave this temporal place called earth, we're either going to be in a heavenly place for eternity or a hellish place for eternity. God bless everybody, and I send you in the love, and I'm going to pray over this body right now. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this word that you have given us from Numbers 22. We thank you, Lord, for our calling, our purpose, and that we are able to hear your word, Lord. Not only are we able to eat this good food, but we're also able to eat every morsel, let it fill our souls, let it saturate in our minds and our hearts, and that we're able to give some of this food back to your people and speak this word in their lives, that they will understand that, Lord, you called us for purpose, and we are to do your word on purpose and to live for you and to serve you wholeheartedly and turn back from our sinful ways. We thank you, Lord, for this word ministering to us. We thank you, Lord, for this word of life that you've opened up to us. And we thank you, Lord, for those that are here, and I pray for those that need a special healing, whether it's mentally, physically, or spiritually, or even emotionally, that they will get that healing from you, Lord, because you tell us greater is he than he is in the world. And we're going to trust that you are living inside of us once we gave our lives to Christ. And we thank you, Lord, for this time with you, this time to hear your word minister to us, Lord. We thank you for those that are here and those that will be listening to the archives, that they will be blessed by this and not cursed by this. And we thank you on this day in Jesus' name. Amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.